Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. What's up, guys? It's Mike and Mark uh, bringing you another exciting episode of the LRM TV podcast where this week we're going to be recapping the DC um, CW crossover event now that we've seen Legends of Tomorrow and kind of just give our quick little take on how everything wrapped up at the end with the Legends team. Um, and then since there was basically only two really mid-season finales this week um, with Flash and Arrow, this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, but at least we get to focus on those two um, exciting episodes, I think, that you know kind of really shifted um, both TV series back into the right direction. Um, you know, Flash was, was kind of lackluster there for a little bit, but now it's picked up. And then Arrow has, has gained steam all the way through the beginning of uh, Season 5 and basically setting up for an exciting second half of the season. Um, and then we're focusing on next week. Uh, we're going to give our best of for the fall season so far. Um, talking about maybe some shows that we don't really talk about too much on the podcast. Give them a little love there um, and kind of go off from there. So, uh, But today, we're just going to basically keep it on the CW. So first off, the big crossover event we Spent a lot of time on it last week, but we only focused really on Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, and not really Legends of Tomorrow, because when we record this podcast, it's actually at the same time Legends is uh, playing, so we are kind of a week behind on that, so um, just kind of give, you, give us our thoughts on this is, uh, from my perspective, I thought it was the, dealing with the actual crossover, um, you know, in the storyline of the aliens, I thought this was the best episode of the four. I know that Arrow, to me, had the most emotion, but I think that was more Arrow-driven um, than anything else. But uh, when I look back at it and I watched all four again, you know, I put Supergirl last because basically that storyline um, really didn't have much to do with the crossover event except for the last, you know, uh, last scene there. Um, Flash was great, but it, you know, it was, you know, Get, getting the team together and really not really expanding too much on the storyline. Arrow was in, in the emotional, gut-wrenching um, story that we, you know, we talked about last week and how it really pulled at Oliver and Thea of, you know, where they've been and where they've come to now. Um, and then Legends to me was by far had best action, best, you know, uh, comedy and so on. Um, Mark, what do you think of the, the Legends part of the crossover event? Yeah, I felt that the Legends um, <clears throat> part was really kind of, like you said, the culmination of everything. Because, you know, with um, Flash, it, it, obviously, since it was the Flash show, there was a little Flash-centric uh, kind of heavy, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and then same with Arrow. But I felt like Legends still focused on all of them. Right. Rather than just um, the the main show, 
right, rather than just uh, the individuals from Legends. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was a good uh, conclusion to everything. Um, you know, it was uh, the 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 format for the stories um, across all four episodes or three or however you want to look at it was uh, simple, um, but it worked. You know, it, it didn't have to be this overly complex uh, issue. It just they had a basic idea, um, which, you know, it, we, we've seen at times, you know, the aliens coming to take over. But it worked you right. know, because it was it was handled in a different way, um, which I thought was uh, which I thought was really good. And, um, you know, and speaking to my dad, who is um, a huge comic fan as well, um, you know, he. Uh, I was talking about how I said that the, just the series in itself or the four part crossover seemed to have a very silver age feel to it. And he, um, let me know that I, I wasn't aware of this, but the, um, dominators actually, uh, were resembled, um, an alien character from the golden age, um, which I thought was interesting because I'm obviously not as familiar with the golden age, but, um, so I'm guessing there was some influence drawn there. But like I said, it was very, um, you know, straightforward and simple, but yet done in in a different way. And I just I thought it was good. Like I said, it was action. Um, and still, you had the comedy with Mick, you know, ask, telling Skirt or Supergirl yeah. to give him a call. And she obviously looked completely confused. You know, you had characters like um, uh, Oliver Queen, who didn't quite trust Supergirl, but then came to a realization that you know, they needed her and, um, yeah, I, you know, I thought overall it was good and kind of tied up a lot of loose ends and it was a real, uh, smooth, um, transition, not only between each of the episodes, but, uh, to kind of top things off on legends. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely agree. Cause I think what made this episode so great was that it made time for every character, even down to, uh, professor Stein, when mm-hmm. the revelation came out that he had a daughter and you know it, it wasn't determined whether or not it was part of flashpoint or whether it was Stein in interfering with his younger self and causing an aberration is, is what they called it on the show and stuff um but yeah Mick had his his moment of glory where I thought that was the the best like scene of the entire crossover event you know him going up to Supergirl and saying you know skirt give me a call um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, they included. I just, everyone. I loved her face too. It was just oh, so yeah. funny, like so confused and probably you know turned off and. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> even the funny. like they even included, um, you know, the Brandon Routh's little Easter egg line there where he said that she looks like my cousin, you know, referencing to yeah. when he was you know Superman, um, and everything. So you know, I thought this episode just had it all complete together. It had the emotion. Um, dealing, you know, not necessarily as as, as gut wrenching as heartbreaking as Arrow was, but it's still, you know, with the different characters coming together, you know, Barry's still, you know, trying to to learn what it takes to be a superhero and the sacrifices you're gonna have to make and everything. So, um, well, and yeah, not only with that, but you know, we've had these episodes where Cisco and and really a lot of the rest of even Stein and all of them are so. Um, judgmental of Barry's yeah. um, actions, and then here they end up saving the alien in nineteen uh, in the nineteen fifties, right. 
um, who ends up being the one that comes back. And then they realize like, oh my gosh, like we're the ones responsible. We thought, yeah, we thought we were doing the right thing exactly like Barry did. So I, I thought that was really a great kind of uh, realization for them as well. And I think the thing that I liked about the four part, um, the four part series as well is that even though it was the same, you know, uh, plot line and and everything was um you know the story itself was consistent each show still kept its tone like yes. for the day that it was you know what i each yeah. you know because obviously flash was you know more um i don't want to say lighthearted. that's not what i'm looking for but i guess you know the, the typical tone that it has and then flat or arrow was a little bit more emotional and um, then you go back to Legends, which is more kind of fun and big uh, picture and, you know, the bigger fight scenes. And um, so I don't know. I just thought it was great how the writers did that. Yeah. I mean, in, in what I enjoy about these shows is kind of the theme of family all throughout the three of them. You know, mm-hmm. Barry with the team and how basically they, they've they all adopted each other as a family. And, of course, Oliver, you know, starting, you know just off with by himself but growing his team into you know especially you look at his relationship with Thea and Diggle and you know Felicity how that's grown um as well as on Legends you know is a ragtag group of guys that basically you know were put together just on a whim and now how well they work well you know together um even you could see it just in the acting alone on Legends how well you know, uh, Katie Lance as uh, Sarah Lance has grown in her character, but become that leader and, you know, works well with Mick. And then, you know, um, Brandon Routh and uh, Nate Hayward are, you know, work well together. And you mentioned this earlier, but I really like I, I totally agree with you is that um, putting Vixen and Citizen Steel in the show and nothing against, you know, Hawkman and Hawkgirl. You know, I love Sierra and hey, I got to interview her earlier, but I think it was a is a better decision to put those two in there mm-hmm. and they, it works a little bit better um, with well, this show. I, I think for me, the reason why they work is I, I don't know. I, I've always felt like Hawkman and hot girl are, you know, I wouldn't say regular justice league. Um, you know, they're the characters, but the, the, yeah, but they're, they're there, you yeah, know, and exactly. like really with, with legends, you know, I, I, just, I felt like they were kind of on different levels. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally and I get feel you like that. Citizen Steel and Vixen like fit in with the rest of the group. And not only that, but I think their their characters just mesh more. I think for what it was like, you know, the Hawk, um, the Hawkman and Hawk Girl thing was okay, but I, I don't think it works as well without Vandal Savage because that was like the connection, right? Right. Right. So it was like once that story was done, like, okay, now what sort of a thing. Um, so I like what they're doing this year. I think the team is a little bit more cohesive. I even like what they're doing with the enemies because you're not 100% sure. What, I mean, you have an idea of obviously what they're trying to do. But um, I don't know. There's just a little bit more mystery that surrounds that as well. And, um, yeah, it just seems a little bit more fluid this season. Yeah, without a doubt. Um yeah, it, this show literally keeps getting better and better and better each episode. Um, and it's starting from all the way from first season, 
you know, the beginning of that to where we're at now. Legends has grown on me to where it's at the point where I, I, I definitely, I'm always going to be appreciative of Arrow because it was the first, it was the one who started it all. Stephen Amell, I think, does an unbelievable job as Oliver Queen. But I'm really starting to enjoy Legends to the point where I think it's my favorite show um, just because of how well the team works together, the nonstop, like, um, you know, Easter eggs that they put in there, whether it's the 1980s references or time period references, the Star Wars references, anything like that. <coughs> um, so I really am, am enjoying the show, and I'm glad that it was able to um, wrap up the crossover event. I think that ending with this show, it, it worked out really well. Oh, excuse me there. So, um, so we got the mid-season finale going on right now. So next week we'll discuss that uh, of Legends of Tomorrow and basically kind of wrap up, you know, how the the show is progressing. So, um, but I think we both can agree that this was a successful event. And would you say try to do it at least this big crossover at least once a year, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be great. What I would like could, to see is, well, I'll go ahead. It would be great if we could get Gotham in there as well. Yeah, you know, I think it would be cool if there was a a fifth show that maybe started next year that's in the mix where you could add to it. I I think something that would be um, fairly cool, you know, is maybe like a vigilante debate. Um, series depending on how they they use him on arrow mm-hmm. but um like I, if you've ever read the vigilante comics like they're really interesting um and uh, or even like the human target that's a pretty cool concept as yes. well human target know, would be a um, good one. yeah just because you can do so many things with that i think that would be interesting as well um or you know something else that they come up with but yeah i know so a couple people wanted to bring back uh constantine um, to the CW because oh, yeah. it was on NBC. The problem I have with that is that you saw how Arrow handled magic and the whole dark world and everything. Yeah. That I don't think I don't think people would want to watch really, that on a weekly yeah. basis. You know, it's one thing to have like Correct. a Constantine episode, and that was great when they did it on Arrow. But I don't know about weekly weekly uh, basis on that. And so, um, unfortunately, I think Constantine's just gonna have to be, you know, one of those characters that just kind of comes in and out of either the TV universe or the, the movie universe. Yep, I agree. Yep. All right, well, that will get a, in a little bit later discussion. Um, but, all right, moving on to The Flash. All right, mid-season finale. We got the big uh, Christmas episode where it was the culmination of Alchemy, uh, Savitar, um, Jay Garrick comes back into play. We got a little cameo from Mark Hamill as the trickster on Earth 3. Uh, I mean, th- this episode was great all around. I thought um, having John Wesley Ship come back again, but uh, playing, you know, Jay Garrick. So it was nostalgic for me in seeing Mark Hamill um, play, uh, you know, the trickster once again. It's always a treat uh, and stuff. So, um, what did you think about it? I thought it was a really good episode. I only have one issue with it. Um, for me personally, I felt that, so obviously there near the end when you see um, Barry goes to the future and right. Savitar 
uh, kills Iris in the future. My only issue is, and this may have been, I, you know, I'm pardon me if I get the season wrong. I think it may have been season one, close to the mid-season mm-hmm. uh, finale. But when Barry like confessed his love to Iris, and then he had to stop. I think, oh my gosh, it might have been Weather Wizard or someone else, but he had to run around the bay yeah. a whole bunch of times, and he ended up going like changing time. Not a lot, but enough to where Iris didn't know any of that, right, you yep. know? And I felt like this is kind of reminiscent of that, again, for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of like, okay, well, here's this Iris, but then that's not going to be what's going to happen, because, you know, I, I'm highly doubting that Savitar will kill Iris, just, uh, you know, from what we know in the comics. One, That was the only issue I had with it, is just it seemed kind of what had been something along the lines of what had been done before. Right. Um, but the rest of the episode, I, I thoroughly enjoyed and, you know, I thought it was cool that, um, I'm actually more excited from, um, some of the set pictures I saw for the second half of the season, which we could talk about after a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which I think has really great potential. Um, but the flash episodes have been getting better. And like I said, the, the episode in itself I thought was great. Um, that was my only one, like, minor kind of, I no, know, I guess, criticism. Yeah, I agree with you on that because in my review I even discussed that too, that it was so far um, the the for the three seasons we've just really have been focused on Barry dealing with the, the effects of one event. So in the first season it was all about, you know, his – the – coping with the death of his mom that he had lived so long right. basically blaming himself uh for his mom's death then second season he gives it up but then of course his dad dies and he kind of leads into season three and so he he has to deal with that so now kind of what i said it was like even though he sees the future and see iris's you know death that's gonna haunt him in the second half of the right. season mm-hmm. so it's kind of like He's already lived this event once now by witnessing the death of Iris, so we're kind of getting that over again. So is like I agree with you. It's a, it's a it's a little stale. Um, if you know, like if they kill Iris, it would be uh, not a really a big shock to me. Like that's that's because we've already seen, um, you know, it, it, the unfortunate s- things with this Arrow universe is that we've already kind of seen this play out on arrow with where we saw oliver you know and his dad and mom basically killed you know sarah killed and then uh laurel kill killed so you know oliver has to deal with those deaths as so and then we get barry with his mom and dad so it's kind of been played out if you are a fan of these shows and watch all of them you know what the this the hero kind of dealing with the death of a close you know family member or a loved one um so i right. i hope it's not the singular event that will cause yeah. the entire second half of season uh season three i think i i would hope that this would be dealt with in maybe the first half of the second half of the season if you kind of catch my drift on that um sure because yeah it, it the the problem like i said is sh- when you share writers between arrow flash and legends is that you kind of come up with the same storyline sometimes sure right and so even if they're not like realizing it yeah exactly like that's what they know and that's what's worked before exactly yeah absolutely 
Yeah, so, you know, it, it's like you said, it's not a big thing, but I just hope it's not the main focus because we've already seen this, so I would like it to be something different because I think there's a lot of potential right. with Savitar. Um, you know. Yeah, I I agree. It seems like it's different than the I just want to take your speed or I'm the fastest, but like there's this different aspect to it which I enjoy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And kind of like a, you know, I mentioned the review is that it seems like the only way they're going to be able to stop Savitar is to have a big team up of the speedsters. So look, you know, right. Get Jay Garrick, get Wally, get Barry, and then get Jesse quick to help as well. Mm-hmm. And, and now, deal with Savitar. I don't know if you've seen these set pictures, but I saw them the other day mm-hmm. and yeah. So I saw obviously where you have Barry, Jay, uh, Wally and Jesse, uh-huh. but then there was also talk of it looks like they might get um, Gorilla Grodd, yeah, because... in there as well. And I and I don't know if that's what side that would be on, but if it's going to like, I think that would be awesome. Obviously, getting Grodd back in there, yeah, because you remember, I don't know, the new HR uh, Wells says that there's multiple Grods uh, from his universe yeah. and stuff like that. So oh, that's right, yeah. You could see Cisco maybe open up in a wormhole to another to try to get another speedster, but then it fails and you you get a Grod to come come back. Right. Or remember that the original Grod got sent to what that, was like Island Island, whatever, right? yeah, or which not was Island, but yeah, yeah, which is a different uh, different Earth or whatever with multiple Grods on there. So it right. could be the original yeah. Gorilla Grod coming back. So. Um, yeah, and then you got to think like, is he going to fight Savitar or be with? Like, what exactly. is that going to be? Which yeah. I think that ha- that's where there's the potential for it to be something different. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, and you could always get the Reverse Flash in there as well and stuff. So I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of potential, well, and that's what got me is because when that's what made me think of Reverse Flash possibly coming back. And I don't know, maybe even having to work with the Flash because when Savitar was back and was talking about how like he's or Jay was talking, maybe it was Jay that was talking about, you know, he's Barry's kind of competition because Savitar is the fastest, right? right? So like Barry keeps, you know, obviously improving and evolving. Yet really, as we know, at least based on the comics, Wally and uh, Thawne are actually faster than Barry, right? right I yep. mean, at least for part, you know, at, at specific times, at least. Um, well, they keep throwing so those little, would... like, suggestions that Wally will yep. become faster because when he trains and everything, like that, or when they do those tests on him, they always say he's faster than Barry at, when Barry was at this point and stuff. So, you know, I definitely think that they're going to get to that point where Wally is faster than Barry. Yeah. And it makes me think that, I mean, if Savitar has a problem with Barry, there's got to be a problem with the other ones, I, I would assume. Yeah. But I guess that's to us for us to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. HR was pretty funny there at the end, though. I thought when he was, like, drinking all the eggnog. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That like, was hilarious. In, like, what I would give to, to sit down and discuss it with Tom Gavin, I like, think about he has played the same character in three different ways. Like, and, yeah. and ultimately, like, what an actor that it has to be. Because, like, you have evil Harrison Wells, then the good, but... Actually, four ways. Because 
for a little bit in season one, he played the actual Harrison. You remember that? Yes, Just, that's I mean, it was right. briefly, forgot, yeah, but like briefly, almost so. like the flashback of when Thawn first right. came in. I forgot yeah. about that. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, four different ways, but the same character. And like, it just gets better and better because I loved him as, you know, reverse Flash, you know, Harrison Wells. Yeah. And then I thought he was great as, I called him like Commando Harrison Wells in season yeah, two because yeah, he's right. always walking around with the, that humongous that gun. gun. <laughs> and yeah. then this one where he's not even a scientist, he's just a, a, a like a, a problem solver. Like a I hype guess. guy. Yeah, yeah, a hype guy. That's perfect for it. And he's always walking around with the drumsticks and everything like that, but doesn't play drums and stuff. And no, it, yeah. It's great. You know, like it makes me want to yeah. walk around with drumsticks and people ask, do you play drums? No, I just walk around yeah. with them. It is, it is Scarf. He's got like that little kind of hipster feel yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, this episode really like set it off in the right direction. I was kind of worried there, you know, like pr- probably, you know, about episode four and five. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that it was, you know, we, you know, we discussed it over and over about the throwaway metas and the, the like the storyline was too slow. And then, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it, but the, at least they didn't waste time or like drag it out any longer was, um, we all basically figured out that Julian was alchemy, you know, that, that wasn't yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't try to make that the big surprise and everything. And so, um, right. but seeing, um, Julian, you know, be possessed by Savitar and do that whole like exorcism type thing was, was kind of funny to me. I know it was like supposed yeah. to be a serious scene, but it was just like, you know, how do you tell someone to act there and be like, dude, so I want you to, we're going to put these things on your head in your, main focus is you got to look pissed off as possible and mouth off the entire you know scene but we're actually going to put this deep voice into you and stuff right yeah but um no but yeah i think overall i'm i'm definitely looking forward to the second half in seeing how the you know we've seen the set photos and everything and and so we can only basically speculate that there's going to be a big team up of uh speedsters taking out savitars which i think is going to be really cool to see yeah Absolutely. So, um, but I think we can both agree that Flash is maybe not back on point of where it was in season one, but at least in, a, in the going in the right direction. Um, yeah, it's improving. For yeah. Sure. Um, the show, though, that has basically recaptured my my love for it and everything is Arrow. Um, and oh, yeah. It just keeps getting better and better. And I really do think that it's back to the point where we're at where season one was. I don't think you're ever going to top season two um, and that storyline with, uh, with Slade Wilson, but I really do think that how season one played out and how everybody was into that story, I think this one was just right there, and this mid-season finale was perfect. I mean, oh yeah, you know, Arrow's always been about emotion and heart wrench, and it's just like you, you never see Oliver Queen, basically. You see him win but he really doesn't win. And this was that episode yep. showed it really well. And um, Prometheus, I, I I don't think, and you know, you and I discussed this a little bit after we watched the show, but I really don't think that Prometheus is that guy's kid, um, you know, from the, no, from the list. Yeah. I think that's just all a yeah. play. I re- like, yeah, I think it's a smoke screen. Yeah. You know, the little hints that we got is that it's some from somebody's from Oliver's past. I really, and like, and getting closer and closer, getting on board with your theory that it's Tommy Merlin. Um, well, he, here's my main thing with that is because, and you know, I like, I want him to like right now. I 
I wrote in my article that I feel like I have more questions than answers, which yep, is what makes great. a good yes. midseason finale. Um, but my thing is this, is Prometheus said to Oliver that this isn't about revenge. Um, this is about the, you know, the everyone understanding that, you know, whoever is around Arrow or Green Arrow dies. And I feel like if it was Justin Claiborne's son, it would have been about revenge. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, I agree with like, you on I, that. And, and maybe I'm reading too much into that line, but I actually think that somehow Susan is connected to the Claiborne family. I don't know if I the don't Claiborne really know, family... I don't really I, know how yet. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I feel like there's some type of connection or maybe not the Claiborne family or maybe someone else that was on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like there's gotta be, Dude. I know there's a connection to Russia, but I feel like there's a, it, it even bigger connection. Could somewhere. be Malcolm Merlin's other daughter. I mean, the guy has, you know, illegitimate so, daughters right. everywhere. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, the guy gets around. So, um, you know, I definitely agree. I, I mean, I think there, there's still pieces of the puzzle. Um, and that's that's the beauty of this is that we're still trying to figure out everything. It's not as clear cut right. as as like the Flash with Savitar. You know, right. we know the villain's Prometheus, but we still don't know what the ultimate motive is. Um, you know, I, I mean, <clears throat> the getting uh, Artemis though. I, I'm I'm thinking that she's playing double agent. I think that Oliver. Centering, huh. you know, to to see to try to get the insider knowledge of Prometheus. That the only reason why I say this is because there has been storylines beforehand in the comics and in Teen Titans where Artemis does play the double agent, um, and yeah. you know acts like she's against the team but really is with the team. Um, and so that to me is is I think Oliver's play is using Artemis. He- um, that's interesting too because you know at first I would say but I don't know if he would sacrifice the rest of the group like that but then again he did make that sacrifice in season 3 yep. when he was the new Ra member and, Ra's cool. um, yeah and he kidnapped um, Diggle's wife and, you know there's just yeah I, I that's an interesting point I never really thought of that I'm still like I said I there are so many questions I have one of the things that I think is really cool right now is that I think the flat, but the flashbacks between Russia and season one, I think are going to start beginning to overlap because you know, that's what a year's difference between, between when he left for Russia and when he returned. Right. Was yeah. Like roughly, a year. Yeah, or year. So I think, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of over and that's what we're seeing. Obviously, um, you know, Susan, I've talked about before how she has some connections to to Russia or I don't know if it's the Brafa. I don't know what it is. Maybe, you know, um, Dolph. I don't I don't know. But between her talking to that um, that individual who gave her the picture of Oliver right. yep. um, for, and then, you know, saying she was in that Twitter battle with an individual from Russia. And then obviously the the bottle, bottle of vodka, vodka that was, was Russian. Yeah. So there's some sort of connection there um I, I, like i said i don't know what if her dad was the 
Well, no, that that he would might have been too young then. Remember the guy that Oliver killed in the yeah the jail when he like snapped could his be. neck. It, it definitely I, could be. But then I would think yeah, she I, would already know that it was Oliver in the in Russia. Yeah, that's then. true. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I that's my thing is I'm trying to really figure out what her connection is. I think somehow she's working with Prometheus or something along those lines, but I just I can't quite figure out what that is yet. Yeah, I mean it's it's the the question that is boggling my mind and i don't know if i can wait till january uh <laughs> to figure out though is was that really laurel lance standing there at the end of the oh episode? my gosh that yeah i i didn't see that coming at all like i just i and like i said what is so here's my thing is if flashpoint let's say brought her back okay that's fine but where's she been then yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, like, like you could easily put that on Flashpoint, but then if you do that on Flashpoint, then that means everybody kind of like Diggle didn't know that he had a daughter, then everybody wouldn't have known. Yeah, she was dead. So right, and then you unless Sarah goes with the te- Legends teams and saves Laurel, who knows? Um, you know, but it it it, it, it just. If if Laurel Lance is really alive, that will blow my mind. I you know I yeah. I thought there I was like there's got to be a premonition or something. But then they ended the episode. I was like oh, wait because I didn't really keep track of time, so I didn't know it was the end of the episode. So I was thinking mm-hmm. kind of like you know how last week during the crossover event he he sees everybody you know in, in, that has died in his past, give him the you know the thumbs up and you're you're doing the right yeah. thing and stuff. And so I thought it was going to be like that again, but then all of a sudden the, the, the show ended and I'm like, wait a minute, this can't well, be, you know. I think that's, that's what Arrow is, though. You know, like, yeah, Oliver brought it. He finally felt like he was in a good spot. Right when he felt that he was doing the right thing and he got all this recognition, boom, he's like brought right back to reality, right? right? You know, Diggle, uh, the SWAT team was there for him. Uh, Paul left Curtis. He obviously uh, killed uh, Billy Malone, which that whole thing was awesome. Like, just the way that it all played out, I thought was awesome. Um, you know, when he shot, when he, you know, Billy ended up being in the costume and whatnot. That was, that was crazy. I also, my big thing, I thought it was really cool how the flashbacks directly connected. Like, you could tell the writers have done their, their follow-up and their research right. and how all those bodies were like laid out exactly how the hood had killed them. That was, and, and just Prometheus is, is he's not like just one step ahead. He is so many steps ahead. He yeah, or she is so many scene, steps ahead. That scene when Oliver was going through the, the like office building and stuff. And you saw that it reminded me a lot of the, um, when Oliver and Slade fought at this, in the end of the season finale and how they tied it, you know, together with yeah. him fighting on the boat and then him fighting, you know, to stop the, the Miracuru soldiers and everything. Like, like, it was like, everything is, you know, because they've always said that everything will tie back together. And it's like, it's like those little pieces of it, like, you would never really think of unless you're like, uh, like you've watched every episode of Arrow. But it really has, the show is starting to come full circle and it's reminding oh, yeah. you of all the great things and stuff. Um, and, dude, I'm just like, I... The, when we were trying to figure out who Reverse Flash was or, like, that whole backstory line, because, you know, it was early on in season one of The Flash where Harrison Wells, mm-hmm. you know, kind of 
revealed himself as being the reverse flash but we didn't know the storyline that's kind of the same feeling i have again it's because like we know like the we know prometheus and we know he's after oliver not to kill oliver but to make him suffer but we don't know who he is like mo like what was the motivating factor and that's what i'm looking forward to the most um yeah i and like i said i think because I think what they do well that that Flash did well in season one with the reverse flashes, even when you thought you knew who it possibly was, it still was like constantly changing and you were second guessing it based on other things that happened. Like with the Flash this season, and you know I've still enjoyed it, but like with um, Doctor Alchemy being Julian, you know, like that's kind of what everybody thought, and that right. never really changed. Um, but that's fine because he's not the main, you know, yeah, main exactly. Villain. Uh, but here with Prometheus, like I feel like there's always something changing that makes me be like, well, maybe it's this person or maybe it's that. Because now we're not only seeing connections to his past, but there's some connection um, to Russia. Because obviously Oliver talked about Prometheus did that move um, from, right. you know, he even said from something he learned in, in Russia. Russia. Um, so, you know, there's a connection there. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, you know, it's it's interesting. What if the uh, what if Prometheus is actually uh, Sarah? Because if you think about it, everybody Ooh. from everybody, like I mean, think about it. She died around him. Laurel died around him. Ooh, that she knows like how to fight s- like Sarah from the future traveling back in yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah see, yeah, probably not. But so I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna also throw out there. That I think Prometheus learn something from the league of assassins um yeah i agree with outfit that looks yep. very you know outfit looks you know very similar to the league um you know has the sword and everything like that just fighting style so i think there's going to be another piece of the puzzle too maybe we'll see uh nissa you know come back and mm-hmm. say that she trained him or something like that um and so yeah it, yeah it, we're gonna see a lot more um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, and, and it's so weird because that that's what I find interesting is like, and like one week I'm like, oh, there's probably a connection to like Slade Wilson, but then the next week I'm like, well, maybe there's a connection to the league, and it's just like it's all over the place. But you're seeing, and who knows? Maybe it's like a sprinkling of all of that somewhere. You know, like I, who knows? But um, that's what is keeping me so involved right now is. Um, you know, the writing is, is just really strong and, you know, here's Oliver at the end. And I mean, (laughs) Prometheus has kind of proven his point (laughs) really, hasn't he? Right. You know, um, but the the end of that episode, I mean, everybody was distraught at some, at some point. I mean, even Diggle got screwed over there at the end. I mean, he thinks that something happened to Lila and, 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 uh, you know, John Jr. and he gets ambushed by, looks like the you know the FBI or you know stuff. So yeah. it looks like he's going back to jail and stuff. I think I think what this is going to eventually be is well closer to the end of the season. It's going to very much be Oliver himself versus Prometheus. Very much like season one was mainly just Oliver himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, because... Yeah, I could definitely see that where the team is basically dismantled again, and it goes back to just being Oliver. You know, yeah, not even dismantled because because of like 
you know, because Oliver chooses that. But I think, you know, part of him, I think, might get to a point where he's like, listen, everybody is being affected because obviously Prometheus knows everything about everyone. Um, so, you know, and I, I think that this may very much be that journey for Oliver that he has to do on his own sort of a thing. Um, now, the other thing that could be interesting is how we've talked about before, how maybe it's Tommy, and I know some people agree with that, some people don't, but now, especially with Laurel possibly back, that creates an even different um, kind of path because obviously there was that like weird love triangle season one with Tommy, Laurel, right. and Oliver. Remember when he returned? So that just brings even more back, possibly, to it, you know, if, if it is, in fact, um, Tommy. So, you know, like I said, just there are a lot of unknowns, both, you know, there's like the emotional aspect of it, but then also the physical aspect of it that, you know, that episode ended, I called you right away. I was like, that, that was awesome. That was a, um, that was a mid season finale right there. Oh yeah. Without a, like probably, um, the only, the only other mid season finale I would say was better than this one was season two when we got the reveal of <clears throat> Slade Wilson being uh, Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it, it was like I we had... thought Brother Blood was the bad guy. We thought Brother Blood was yeah. a bad guy. Boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, here comes Slade and he's dressed up as Deathstroke. And it was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I felt a lot the same way watching this episode as I did when I was watching the one where Slade Wilson killed um, Oliver's mom. Yeah. I like I just didn't expect that. And so there were things in here like I just didn't expect. I obviously didn't expect um, I when uh, Billy was dressed up as um, uh, Prometheus. Yeah, because really, you know, when they were on the roof, you know, they went through that second level off the roof and you know, Prometheus disappeared very briefly, but then like, that's when the switch was, Yep. you know, so Prometheus was, so, you know, I'm sitting here like, okay, it's Prometheus. He gets shot. And then when he gets closer and I saw it was taped, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be Billy. And then later when I saw like the vodka bottle, I was like, oh my gosh, that, you know, so there were just, and then Laurel at the end, obviously, but that's what I love is the number of, of twists that really have me on my toes, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean it's twist after twist after twist, which is that's what that's what Arrow's always been about, and, and that's what makes it so great. Because I mean, you go all the way back to season one <clears throat> when we discover that the the Dark Archer is actually Malcolm Merlin, and we get Slade in season two and the that whole ordeal. So it's it's following in the footsteps of what worked for the show. You know, it kind of took a stumble with season you know three and season four with the league and then damien the damien dark thing just did not work out at all um so it it definitely has gone back to its roots and i'm just like super excited off of this so um i mean i i can't wait for the all the shows that we watch and everything um the one that i'm now most excited for when it comes back on will be arrow the only unfortunate thing is that the way the CW works is that when it comes back from its winter break, that it's only back for like two or three weeks, and it takes a quick uh, like break in February for about two to three weeks, and then it comes back yeah. in full swing. So I hate that. Yeah, it's the, the negative aspect of the, about the CW, but 
Yeah. Like, it's, you know what? It's good. It's good television. So I can wait. Um, so, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last, last thing I'm going to ask you. All right. So the way the crossover event worked, the semi justice league, whatever you want to call it, teen Titan ish, you know, type event happened. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does the DC film universe need to follow what the DC TV universe is doing? to be successful because so far you know we, i mean we haven't seen much of justice league and everything but would you say that kind of how the framework has gone where the dc tv universe has kind of laid the foundation for these individual characters but then the way they brought them together not a serious uh plot line not a whole lot of depth when it comes to good guy versus bad guy but just focus on the characters do you think that that's how justice league should go and future dc movies should go absolutely um don't don't reinvent the wheel it's obviously it's obviously working and it's the ratings are are improving for a lot of the shows you know um you know arrows rating even with when there was a huge dip that's been improving just even off of word of mouth Mm -hmm. you know and doing the crossover event the way it did you know that was a first in television, and it was a really uh, cool thing. And you know the um, ratings were great for that. Justice League needs to do the same thing. You know, keep it keep it simple. Whatever the villain is trying to do, you know, like we said, keep it simple. Get a strong focus on on the team, so we know exactly you know what that is and who they are and whatnot. But you know, a hundred percent follow follow what's working. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, I think what, if anybody learned anything out of this for it being the first time you have a major crossover, making sure that the storyline is, is lighthearted and, and, and basically easy to follow was key. So that if you didn't pick up, let's say you didn't, really all you had to do was watch Flash, Arrow, and Legends. But let's say you missed out on Flash and you started off with Arrow at least you could go in that episode and basically figure out what the problem was mm-hmm. aliens versus yep. uh versus humans basically and you know and we really yep. didn't even get the entire plot till literally probably the in the 30th minute of legends when we finally realized that it was because of Barry's flashpoint and Cisco and um Citizen Steel saving you know an alien race that they were like look we don't like metas and stuff and so we got basically two and a half episodes of just you got aliens you got to go kick their ass type deal so i know i think i think when you set it up that way though so you know i think one of the things that marvel does and it's fine it works for marvel you know it's like each each um kind of each movie you don't necessarily have to watch them all mm-hmm. in order to figure it out, but it obviously helps. But I think they kind of do it that way. So, like, you know, hopefully people will, will want to go and see them and whatnot. But I think with DC, like I said, really structure it the way that the TV shows have where, like, if you miss one, it's not completely, you know, you're not completely lost, right? Right. Um because I think actually by doing that, the the people will want to watch the other shows. So, for instance, if you make the Justice League movie fairly simple but strong and to the point, 
they will then want to go see the Aquaman movie, see a cyborg movie. If that does eventually come out, see a flash movie, you know what I mean? Um, make those strong in itself so that what I felt that Marvel has kind of done recently, um, not, you know, not with like, I haven't seen Dr. Strange yet for that's obviously doing well, but like, right. I feel like sometimes Marvel rushes the single character movies to get to the next big event. Yeah. You know what I mean? The next big Avengers movie. Whereas I feel like if you just keep that movie, the the crossover event simple and straight to the point and get people to buy in, they will then actually want to see the single character movies. Right. And I think Marvel started like that. When you look at the first yes, Avengers, and it, was, it was just aliens versus superheroes. It was pretty yep. simple. It wasn't, but I think it got too complex when it went to like Age of Ultron and try to, yes. uh-huh. you know, where you have kind of the Terminator type store plot storyline where the computers are overtaking right. the human, and it got yep. convoluted. And some of the more recent Marvel films have done that. Um, like I love Captain America: Civil War. But I think at the same time, the storyline kind of got in the way of it. it I think it was mm-hmm. a great movie, um, but this they try to make the storyline too complex. Uh, and I think Marvel is it's going to I think it will bite them eventually. It hasn't bitten them mm-hmm. yet because they're still, you know, playing with house money. Um, but some of these more recent Marvel movies are starting to go a little bit deeper into story. Like Thor's storylines, like the reason why Thor yeah. doesn't do well is because it's too complex. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Multiple worlds and multiple races, you know. And stuff. I mean, it, I enjoy it as a comic fan, but right. I think from someone on the outside, that it doesn't. It, it doesn't appeal to you. Necessarily makes yeah I think, right. I think with the new storyline for Thor, you know, being you know World War Hulk, where it's going to be Thor and Hulk, basically fighting against you know in a in arena style battles and stuff like that. If they keep that simple, that'll be a that'll probably be the best Thor movie right. out there. Um, and look at Iron Man. First Iron Man, pretty simple. You know, Tony Stark realizes that he's selling weapons to terrorists. He becomes Iron Man. Yep. Stops that. But then the second and third one, they try to get, you know, the Mandarin is not really the Mandarin and it's got too complex. Right. So yep. I think DC tried to do that at the beginning with Man of Steel and with, oh, yeah. you know, uh-huh. the Batman v Superman. They try to make these yep. storylines way too complex. And what we've seen is that from a, a low, I mean, not low budget, but, a, you know, the budget's a lot smaller on TV, you know, universe. Yeah, but they were able to make one hell of a, a story between three shows and three events and stuff like that. Like, not Absolutely. saying that it's better than Avengers, but that damn crossover event was great. I mean, without right. a doubt. I mean, I don't think anybody walked away after watching the that that week's worth of TV and said this sucked. You know, um, right? Because it, it was simple. It was easy to follow. Everyone had enough. TV time to get their you know little storyline across. There was heartbreak, there was emotion, there was laughter, there were jokes. I mean, that's what what, what basically sells it. So, um, yeah, you know, I think if if D, if DC kind of goes the route that like, okay, they're obviously using Steppenwolf, right? So, right, you know, bring him in. He's there to retrieve the mother box, you know, which is in Cyborg or right. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. That is the that is the task. That's what he's here for, and it's about trying to do that. 
I honestly hope they don't even really mention Darkseid or anything along those lines until the end or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Like, just keep it that, like, here's this guy from a different place. He has all these mother boxes. This is what it is. He's looking for the last one. Yep. That's and, why he's And here. keep it, like, the way the trailer has it where Barry, you know, or the Flash is basically, you know, the jokester and just, you know. Yeah, comic relief. Comic uh-huh. relief. Um, and how... Ben Affleck's Batman's now is kind of more not lighthearted, but we'll throw a jab here, yeah. there, like a joke that it's you know it's, it's a subtle undertone. Doesn't completely joke, hate so. life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, just kind so, of hates life. <laughs> um, you know, and so like I think that if if they go around like that and they follow the example of what happened here with the crossover event, because this was huge. This was it was basically make or break. If if this crossover yep. event sucked, th- this was the last time we'd ever see anything like that. You know, but now this opens up the door for multiple crossover events or Supergirl on Legends and Arrow on Supergirl Mm -hmm. and all these things. And, you know, as long as they keep the storyline simple and it's just all about entertaining, I think for the most part, we're in there. How great of a way is that to boot? So, like, let's say, let's just say, um, I don't know, Supergirl wasn't doing well in ratings. Okay. So, which one of the three are, are doing well in ratings? Okay. Well, let's take legends and throw them into an episode or right. like you know what i mean like oh okay and that'll boost some rate it's just a smart a smart move you know if if you know dc and justice league works and then you know like a flash movie and a batman movie work and then you have like a cyborg movie that maybe wouldn't bring in as much pull well maybe you bring in a couple of those characters kind of in the role that wonder woman was in batman versus superman yep it- you know what i mean that's like uh, more than an extended cameo, but, but not it, quite. And look how easy it was to to bring in Justice Society of America into Legends, and stuff. Oh yeah, not a not a full you know season worth of Justice Society, but just enough. Hey, we got a nod in, and and do little things like that where you could just subtly you know introduce a character here there and say, look, they're in this universe. They could show up later. We could use them again, but they're you know it's not the main focus of the story, but they're there. Um, yep. You know, I hope what I, they do with that, um, or I hope they follow in that footstep of the justice society is using, uh, the green Lantern core. Um, and, Oh yeah. And the yeah. justice league movie or something, you know, moving forward is that it would be cool to see like an Easter egg and wonder woman and then an East, another Easter egg right. and, and, uh, in justice league. And then in the Batman movie, all leading up to that green Lantern core. That would be cool. Yeah, and you know, I mean, really, they have ways, you know, plenty of ways to do that, obviously. But you know, you have at, at the end or whenever, if they're going to tease Dark Side. First of all, I think if it's Steppenwolf, like I said, keep it, keep it on Earth. You know what but I mean? But is this like, smart to put Steppenwolf as your major, as your bad guy? Because uh, I mean, probably what half, maybe less than that of comic book fans know who Steppenwolf is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which I thought was you know different it's a gamble that um, is a gamble it is it is it is because like we've talked about the bad guy matters you know right um but i think if they do it right you know they just maybe that's a way of keeping it simple though you know what i mean yeah uh so uh. they could focus on developing some of the other characters like a cyborg like an aquaman that you know what i mean so they're not fighting for that, but I think you keep it on Earth because eventually, if you want to move intergalactically or whatever, 
that's a way to bring in Green Lantern. That's yes. a way to bring in Darkseid, but that's not something that's done in the first movie. Or right. it's like teased at the end or something. Yeah, I think put a little Easter egg. Maybe we know that Hal Jordan's out there or something. But right. yeah, don't make it, you know, space-driven and stuff like that. Like the next Justice yep. League has to be in space or anything like that. So. Right. So, but yeah, so I, I think we could basically agree that the crossover event was definitely a success. Um, and also, I think it helps boost uh, the direction that both Flash and Arrow are going in, as well as Legends of Tomorrow. So um, next week, we're going to kind of give our top awards for the you know midseason, what shows were, you know we consider the best. Uh, what new shows you know are out there you should be watching some of the you know what's the best thing out on Netflix and so forth so make sure you listen in uh, next week as um, we'll have a lot of entertaining and helpful stuff for you guys to get through uh, the midseason break on um, also make sure you check out the Los Fanboys podcast that comes out every Wednesday Comic Uno's weekly roundup that comes out on Monday uh, Weekend Warrior Edward Douglas comes out every Wednesday with his uh, take on all the big movies and indie movies that are coming out. Um, he gives some great articles and interviews as, as well that pop up here and there. Um, and always, you know, take take a listen to us on the LRM TV podcast. Um, that's it for me. I'm, you know, sorry for the raspy voice. I've been battling a, a little... Uh, laryngitis for the week but thankfully the my voice was somewhat coherent to come back and do this uh podcast um any uh big plans for the holidays mark um gonna be heading back to good old ohio uh, to visit the family for a little bit and then just gonna be you know around here and uh just enjoying the you know all the wonderful blessings that we have what about you um Going to my parents in Georgia for a couple of days with the girls and then coming back here and just getting back to work. And that's basically yep. my life. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know it. Yeah. Well, guys, um, if you guys uh, have a happy holiday out there, if we don't uh, if you don't hear from us, you know, before the holidays and make sure you check us out later on. Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.